Good morning, this is BFC Live for Monday, August 10th, the summer edition. Coming up, a replay of the question and answer period from our Lunch and Learn last Friday. It was a presentation from Chris Lavoie of CanDelta answering questions during a program titled, So You Want to Open a Cannabis Retail Store. As well, join us at the end of this month on August 27th for a Cannabis Forward Education and Networking event. It's co-produced with Diversity Talk titled Social Equity in Practice and made possible in part from Shopify. You can sign up on our website, businessofcannabis.ca. As always, thank you to our partners, BDSA, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, CanDelta, and Torque and Mains, and we are protected by Alcet. Now this playback of the question and answer period with Chris Lavoie from Friday's Lunch and Learn. Why do banks consider cannabis retail businesses high risk? You mentioned that uh, as you mentioned Alterna. Yeah, so that's a great question. So, you know, obviously it's a it's a brand new sector, a legal sector of our economy, and so there's there wasn't a whole lot to go off with in terms of precedent for legally, you know, accessed cannabis companies running, especially from the retail side of things. So. For banks' consideration, they know that this is obviously something that's in huge demand, is, is likely to succeed, but there's no data to go with, right? So when people who are making these high-level decisions at banks, they're not familiar with cannabis companies, they're not appreciating the, the value potentially for cannabis businesses, so it's just a quick no for them in a lot of cases. Um, but as I mentioned, banks are increasingly becoming more comfortable with that idea because of all the success stories, right? So every time the cannabis businesses have been you know, hit with a challenge, they just knocked it out of the park. COVID has been a great example of that. So while it has been a challenge and is still a challenge, I very much expect that to be largely mitigated in the coming year. I would just add on to that, similar with insurance, with, with new industries, yeah. overlay new with new business and emerging yes. sector, it, it just becomes uh, well more expensive on the insurance side, but also more fewer and fewer underwriters. Uh, but what are the key challenges to getting access to capital, loans, investors, credit? What do financial institutions need to know to feel secure, especially if you've never owned your own business? Right. That's a great question. So um, definitely not having a lot of experience makes it more difficult and definitely gives you the perception that's going to be more difficult, but it's absolutely still possible. And Article 2 is actually great for that. So we have both Alterna and Tricone who offer up a lot of great advice, specifically that exact question that was just issued. But just to give you a quick summary, um, you basically just need to show your commitment and your mastery understanding of what goes into opening up the store. Right. So you can't just go to them and say, hey, look, I want to open up a cannabis retail store. I heard it's popping off. You know, where's my money? Right. Like you really need to be realistic. You need to have proven that you have an understanding of the licensing process. So in Ontario, you should have at least submitted an application for the ROL. Um, and if you've already established your ROL, um, then that would go a long way. Um, putting together a proper business plan, as I mentioned, as it doesn't have to be full fledged, but really understanding what the anticipated costs are and what your potential market share um, of the Ontario market would be. Um, being realistic, obviously, is always important with investors. Um, so those are some of the key challenges. But demonstrating that you're, you're committed to, to understanding what you need to know, you have an understanding of, of the, uh, the costs and your potential revenue. And also working with people such as consultancies, lawyers and other professional firms is going to go a long way to endearing you with investors because it just further adds um, the, the notion that you're, you're serious about this. Um Chris, this is a good question because uh, there's some timing questions about all of these. Once you it came from Matt uh, Piotrowitz, uh, once you submit your RSA application, approximately how long will it take to complete the entire process? 
and be able to open the store, especially in the municipality of Toronto? So that's a great question. That's a question we probably get almost every single day um, for people interested. And so this answer has changed uh, a lot over the last number of months. And so if people aren't uh, familiar, the the open market uh, began in January where you're able to submit an unlimited amount of ROLs or there was an unlimited amount of ROLs that could be submitted. And then March 2nd was when the RSA floodgates opened essentially. And so now if you were to submit an RSA, um, it's going to probably take you anywhere between six to 10 months is what you're looking at start to finish. It'll largely be dictated on how fast you can get to that first inspection. So that's what I tell people. Um, the, the, once you pass that inspection, then they're going to go ahead and put you in the queue. So the everything you need to do in the beginning is to get geared to have your inspection. So that means you don't have to have all your interior design done um, and all the whistles and bells. You really just want the, the skeleton done. You want the security features in place so you can set up that inspection. So right now we're seeing six to 10 months. Just a quick note on that is that um, the AGCO has been telling people publicly that they're expected to increase their licensing rate. So they're currently under provincial orders to issue no more than five RSAs per month or 20, five RSAs per week or 20 a month. And that's largely to increase, which is a reflection of the OCS opening up um, several new warehouses, which is going to be able to increase their capacity to, to fulfill orders to provincial retail stores. So six to 10 months is what I'm telling people now. Um, but that's likely due to speed up in September once the, the licensing rate speeds up. Let's hope so. From your mouth, everybody's crossed. ears, Chris. Uh, a question came in from Jovan Boscovich. Uh, article number nine question. Is a change control required to discontinue an SOP? And what do regulations say about discontinuing an SOP in its entirety? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. So the, uh, for provincial retail, at least, there's no specific requirements to show SOPs. Um, the, the AGCO might take a look at them um, and, and maybe take a, a photo or two of them, but there's no actual requirement to submit them as part of the application or as part of being an operation. Um, but they're obviously highly recommended for you to have. And so in terms of discontinuing, that's more of a, a management decision. So if you, uh, as Article 9 will teach you on the SOPs, a key thing is to continuously audit and assess the performance of the SMT SOPs. Are they in functioning as intended? Are your staff grasping them? Are they recommending changes? So as a part of the retail store manager and owner, you're going to be continuously looking to improve these SOPs, whether that means adding new SOPs, changing current SOPs, or actually getting rid of SOPs that you think um, just aren't needed. Fair enough. Um, this question is uh, a big one. And, and affects uh, not only retailers in Ontario, around the country, but the industry as a whole. But what challenges does continued supply, oh, hold on, does some, I lost the question. What challenges does continued supply and sales from non-legal market pose to a new store success? Yeah, so that's a, that's a fantastic question. It's very relevant. As the OCS report published in March or April showed, the, the illicit market in Ontario still has 81% share of the market, which was uh, pretty mind blowing to most of us. So clearly they're still thriving. So in terms of what impact the elite, the illicit market has on licensed retailers, it means that you're forced into more competitive strategies, whether that means lowering your price to try to be competitive with the, the illicit market, um, towing the line in terms of how you're marketing and advertising your store. Obviously, we want you to stay on the compliance standpoint. But because the illicit stores are operating without any rules, essentially, they can aggressively market and advertise their store. They can throw up posters wherever they want. Um, they can do a lot of different things um, or they are doing a lot of different things that licensed stores can't do. So it really forces you into you know, almost unfair 
um, tactics that you don't want to be engaging in, but you feel compelled to do just so you can stay competitive. So that's why it's really important for the licensing rate in Ontario to speed up so we can get to that number of stores that we need to say that Alberta has where you can really curve the illicit market by having access to legal, legal stores throughout Ontario. Because right now it's not cutting it. Yeah. Uh, one quick question, and then we'll go to the session part, which I'll describe what we're going to do. Uh, came in, uh, I'm a cannabis QA student from the Seneca, from Seneca, interested in the retail market. Do you think there are career opportunities available for QA associates, I guess, in the retail side? Yeah, that's absolutely a, a great question. So QA, for those who, uh, who might not know, quality right. assurance. Um, yeah, no, no worries. And so th that's obviously a huge asset at the federal level for licensed producers, but um, for this particular question, is there a role for you in cannabis retail? And I would say absolutely yes, um, because as a QA, you have a knack for understanding the compliance and regulatory aspects. Um, and cannabis retail is very regulated, just like federally. So um, having that firsthand knowledge on how to keep a store compliant is a huge asset. And so, you know, you know, that would be a great uh, managerial role for you, even in a retail store um, to have that high level knowledge of the, the regulations you would need to learn more of the provincial regulations, but I absolutely see a place for someone um, with a QA background. But, but I want to thank Chris and the team at Candelta because they put a lot of thought into this and always willing to share, which is um, an important component in all of this. So thank you, Chris. For those...